0: Hi everyone, welcome to the PowerPod, a space to elevate your life and help you feel more powerful. My name is Alexa and I am the host of this podcast and bestselling author of Power to Persevere. My goal is to help you improve your life through wellness tips and motivation and support you on your journey through life. Make sure you stay tuned for new episodes weekly. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the PowerPod. I am here with Sarah. Sarah and I met at a picnic very recently and she was so cool and I'm like, i have to have her on the podcast. She is the founder of a community called Hold debt and they mainly target women zero to five years out of college who are looking to connect with other people. And she's in seven cities right now. Link is actually in the description notes. You should seriously check it out. And I just feel like her energy was so good. And she's so passionate about helping other females find the power within themselves to persevere (laughs) and to find new friendships. Helps females connect with not only themselves, but other people within their community. Navigate the world from college to post-grad and adulthood. And as someone who is in this category, this zero to five years out of college, boy, oh boy, this is something that I wish I found sooner, especially graduating during the pandemic. Sarah, take it away. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us how you started. Tell us even where you went to college. Like, let's get down to the nitty and gritty of how this whole entire community of yours began who you are where you think it's going to be going in the future yes all right i'll get into it hi everybody my name
1: is sarah Greysdorf. um as alexa said i founded a community called holdet which is a support network for recent grind women And as she mentioned, we now have 10 groups in seven different cities across the United States. So if you're in this age category, definitely come and check us out. Love to help you find more friends. Um, I went to Boston University, uh, obviously, I was going to say in Boston, duh, and actually studied computer science, which is a degree that I rarely use at this time. But I actually started Holdet while I was in college because back then it was a... Community uh, really focused around solving the lack of pockets in women's clothing. Um, so, originally started by just aggregating clothes with pockets around the internet. Um, thought about starting a subscription box, kind of oh, low.
0: I remember you telling us this at the picnic. We were like, if you want to get into direct to consumer, talk to me. And I was like, wait, you had a suit. It was like a suit business, right?
1: Exactly, yeah. So I ended up starting this soup brand. Um, did the whole thing manufactured in China. It was like literally crazy. Um
0: but did you go then... to China? Sorry? Did you go to China? No. <laughs> I wish. So wait, um, walk us through that process too. I find it quite curious or like I in college or in high school I started a business. That was my first business from a very young age. I was super entrepreneurial. I don't really talk about it on this podcast, but I was very entrepreneurial when I was like in kindergarten, I would go to my mom and I would tell her this is a business I want to start. Um, and she's like, you're funny. And in high school, I was like, I like dragged my mom to the bank. I was like, please just like sign these forms and allow me to be under your name because I'm a minor. Like, let me start my business. <laughs> um, But I mean, I didn't do any manufacturing in across seas. Um, I mainly just... I bought products on the internet and handmade everything myself and sold inventory that way and, like, designed even everything um, from, like, my computer. But, like, walk us through the process of starting a D2C brand and, like, why you ended up not pursuing it
1: in a long yeah those are both really extremely long stories, but I will, I'm going to give us the like medium length version. Um, so yeah, when I was in college and decided I wanted to start a soup brand, I primarily did that because previously I'd been like aggregating clothes with pockets. And I was like, there's just not enough things to aggregate out there because there's not that many women's clothes with pockets. And so I was like, I need to make my own clothes. So decided to start with a suit because um, I was like, we want to target professional women, women like wear suits. Um, it was like separate. So it was a, a blazer and pants. And I, like I said, I studied computer science. So I knew like literally nothing about starting a clothing brand. But I happened to get connected to someone who was a kind of designer pattern maker Um, for those who don't know patterns are like the cutouts that they put on fabric so you know where to cut and got connected with him he was in the seaport neighborhood of Boston which was super convenient and started meeting with him like every month every other month and he kind of helped me get the process off the ground he made the patterns and um, I then got connected to a agency uh, that was based in LA that had manufacturing um, like facilities in China. And so I worked with them to get an actual factory. They helped me source fabric. And yeah, that was basically how it worked. I worked through them. They had the manufacturing partner. But all of this was happening in like 2019. And so uh, lo and behold, around the exact time that I was supposed to start manufacturing, which was like January 2020. They were like, "Oh, things are starting to shut down in China. And I was like, why? Like, what is going on? And then eventually, uh, well, news of COVID hit the United States. And I was like, oh, I get it now. And so, yeah, all the people that were supposed to be making my clothes were in lockdown, as we were about to be as well. So um, that was really, like, the start of me being like, is this the exact right thing to still be pursuing?
0: Yeah. And
1: when COVID happened, I decided, like, we couldn't manufacture, obviously. Like, no no one was at the factory. So I was like, okay, how do we keep the people engaged who are already interested in our product? And so I started by building a very small community called Back Pocket because we were like equipping women with resources they would always have in their back pocket. Also, the obvious pocket tie-in. And eventually, um, kind of got that off the ground with like 20 different girls. Um, we did a book club and we did a podcast club where you'd like listen to a podcast instead of reading a book. Um, lower commitment. We do workshops and we gave every girl a mentor and it was like a whole thing. Um, Started running some like workshops that fall that were really successful and then ultimately got to December 2020 and was like, I think I'm having way more fun running this community than I've like ever had making clothes. Um, And I think I just want to do this. So finished production of the suits and then decided to not make any more clothes. And that's when I started to develop the community format that's still in existence in these 10 groups across the country now.
0: Wow. So, did you end up selling your clothing business off?
1: So, I didn't sell it off. I had already sold a lot of the suits because I did a crowdfunding campaign in like May, June of 2020, which was, like, an insane time to be raising money um, for multiple reasons, but... uh. I so I we still have some at home actually I've sold most of them but there's still some at my house that my mom every once in a while we'll get an order and my mom will package up and, and ship out um but I wanted to use the name I wanted to use what we'd already built so I couldn't sell that part off kind of by itself and retain all of the branding and all of the community and all the customers that yeah. uh kind of were the brand itself
0: so tell us more about debt. so you want to hear about debt today yeah let's tell, tell us about debt. How, how did you start building this community from ground up? Yeah. And being so, your
1: audience. Absolutely. So when I decided that I didn't want to make clothes anymore, I threw myself like headfirst into learning how to build a community from scratch. Um, I read a lot of different books like The Art of Gathering by Bria Parker and Get Together and Belong by Rana Agrawal. And uh, those were all like such good foundational resources for like learning how to build a community. And basically was like, okay, we'd had with back pocket, with the workshops we'd been doing. we'd been trying to serve college students and recent grads. And I decided that the community needs for recent grads were so much different than they were for college students. College students had built-in community through their dorm or like through your classes or clubs. Whereas you graduate, you like maybe move to a new city. Where the heck are you supposed to make friends? Like what if all your coworkers right. are 50 years old? What do you do? I don't know. Uh, hopefully someone invites you to do a picnic, like how I met Alexa. But um, <laughs> if that doesn't happen, where the heck are you meeting a new friend from? Okay. So I was like, okay, I want to target this group. And so in – February through um, April, May of 2021, I started running these virtual groups where I would get people together once a month for 90 minutes. And they took the exact same format every time. We'd like mingle for the first five minutes, we'd read our community values that I'd established. And then we would have this like, intentional discussion around a couple questions. And then we would wrap up with some kind of activity. And so February to let's call it May, I ran four groups online. So I had about forty girls, tennis girls in each group, and then I got to mainly from Boston. Uh, mainly from Boston, yeah, a lot of BU girls, and then like their friends. Um, and then I ran it virtual for two more months, and like May, June, let's call it. And then in July, I moved to New York, and so I started running it in person in New York City. And then we also had someone who wanted to run it in person in San Francisco and Boston. So those are our first three cities. Um, And yeah, so then we started running it in person and now the community has 200 people in it. So it's grown a lot. Um, We are constantly like launching and and exploring new cities and trying to reach more women. Um, But yeah, that's that's it today.
0: Amazing. That's it. I mean, it's really astounding how you can have this one little idea and then it'll just bloom and burst into something bigger than you even thought or imagined and like where like what do you exactly do with your community like what events do you host how many people usually attend them um how where do you see your community extending to like which cities do you see them at Totally.
1: So our community events really focus around these monthly gatherings. So they take place in people's apartments primarily. And so people, you know, like all of our hosts in each city kind of prepare the space for people. It's like clean, we have snacks, we have candles lit. It's like a whole vibe when you show up. Um and the our community is really focused around those events. In between gatherings, hosts are encouraged to plan events for their group or um the individual group members are encouraged to like get together one-on-one or in small groups, but really we're focused on the monthly conversations. I think what I learned from running Back Pocket back in 2020 was that when you offer too many community programs, people get burnt out and they're like, oh my gosh, I don't have time to go to all of these. Right. I'll, just go, I'll just go to none. And so that's not what we wanted. And so I really narrowed in and I was like, I'm going to be good at one thing. And that good thing is going to be running these monthly groups. And it's been really great so far um right now we're hoping kind of in the next year or so to launch in seattle chicago uh, miami and austin um with chicago and seattle hopefully coming first um and then miami potentially the spring maybe in the summer and then austin the summer i think um all those are like t- tbd uh, it just depends on the hosts but Um, And then expanding within the cities that we're in. So we already have three groups in New York. Um, We have one in Boston. We have one in D.C. We're launching a second in L.A. We have one in San Francisco. So um, basically just trying to reach all metropolitan areas where recent grants might have landed. There's other places I'd love to be. I'd love to be in Dallas and Nashville and Philly um, and, you know, maybe, like, Richmond or – I don't know, wherever other recent grads are, Portland, I don't know. Um, And then expanding, you know, more within those cities. I also think there's like a lot that we could do um, one day with partnerships, you know, if brands were like, oh, we want to like reach this audience. And I'm like, well, we have the audience. um, I think that could be a really cool way to like empower our community to like try new things and, um, you know enable brands to like reach their target audience. So there's a lot that I think uh could grow. I also want to launch a card deck. If anyone's listening to this podcast and has expertise in that, let me know. Um but yeah while I- huh? Reach out to Sarah. Reach out to Sarah hold that on Instagram. Um but yeah we write I write all these questions every month for all the groups. They all answer the exact same questions that I write. And Uh, I have like over 150 questions that I've written at this point and I would love to uh, be able to package those and give them to women who might not be near a group um, so that they can still have the
0: same kinds of conversations with their friends. What kind of questions are they?
1: Lots of different kinds of things. We generally center all of the discussion questions in a given month on one topic. So, you know, relationships or career or um, identity, that kind of thing. The questions are supposed to be like kind of thought provoking so like um what's something that you're willing to compromise on in a relationship um what would you be willing to go into debt for that was like front of our finance conversation um what's like uh something that you didn't get as a child that you like give yourself now you know all these different kinds of questions are supposed to like kind of poke and prod at different parts of you um and hopefully like invite you to share something that maybe someone else in the group relates to.
0: Nice. So I'm going to ask some questions about yourself now. <laughs> <laughs> like we talk a lot about whole debt, but you know, having a full-time job while also running this business, how do you stay organized? How do you manage for all those other folks out there who are interested in maybe starting something like this that are listening to this podcast right now?
1: Yeah. You know, I, I, I'm fortunate in that whole debt moves about as fast as I want it to move and and no faster. Um, I have someone who runs our newsletter that I'm fortunate enough to be able to pay her for her time to like write that and put that together and so that happens every week regardless of how much work I put into the company. Um, But I generally like do it in kind of bursts um, when I have the energy or the excitement about something new. And as long as I write the questions every month and I show up to my group, the community kind of keeps running because the hosts are really responsible for the group in their um, own city. So I would say like for the most part, you know, I do my job nine to five and will block some evenings specifically to get hold that work done. Like for example, in the coming weeks, we're launching spring registration. And so I've been putting in a lot of time to update our website and get, get everything ready for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think a lot of it comes down to like really easy practical ways to kind of separate them. So like having a separate email address and a separate calendar and I try to do hold that work on my personal laptop instead of my work laptop, just to, you know, a to but also just to keep it separate you know It's, it's kind of also a mental clarity thing like um I know that when I'm like sitting down with that laptop with you know my hold that email open like this is hold that time and I don't need to be thinking about Squarespace stuff but I think like there's times where you need to be investing a lot of time in your business and then I think once you've done that you need to ask yourself like what Do I see as a sustainable level of effort going forward? And is that something I'm prepared to give? And it's like totally fine if the answer is no, but just like be honest with yourself. Um, Because I think at this point, I have like a good five hours, five to seven hours, maybe at max that I want to spend on that every week. And I don't need to spend more than that. And that's enough to keep the community growing. I don't need to be spending, you know, additional 40 hours on top of my full-time job working on it. Um, And that's what satisfies me at this point.
0: Yeah, I remember when I was running my jewelry company, I like didn't know what organization was honestly, because I was like running it when I was sixteen years old, and like, I, like in like I start off in college, I was like, wait, maybe I should start a schedule. Like I had my own separate email address for it, um, but then I was like, oh, like there's something called calendar blocks. Like Gmail is kind of cool. <laughs> like, let me prioritize on this around my schoolwork and like. I saw that when I started to organize, too, like, within the realm of... It was the jewelry business with One Twist Co. I started to organize it around that. Um, Or when I started to organize my time around you know, fulfilling orders, X, Y, and Z. I saw it was starting to grow. The community was starting to grow. And I kind of started it when Instagram was, like, new in the game, too. Like, Mm. no one was really – like, no one knew what Instagram was. Like, blogging wasn't a thing. Like, there weren't all these different shops. It was based on, like, Etsy and, like, word of mouth. And, yeah, I mean, like, it's really amazing to see, like, how something can – Turn from an idea and into fruition into this amazing community. And like, I'm not running my jewelry thing anymore, but now I have this podcast book and like so many other plans in the near future. And it's, it's, it's really like inspiring to hear other people going through it and to like have this mission and idea. So what are some stories going off of that, that people have told you from this um, a community that you've built. Like, what are some success stories or things that make you wake up at the at the next day saying like, "This is my mission," and like, "This is why I'm waking up." Like, for people like this that are coming to me.
1: Yeah, a hundred percent. We have a couple really cool stories. Um, I think like my most model group is probably the Brookline group in Boston, and um, there's like a consistent twenty girls who re- who've registered for that group for like probably over a year at this point. And they're just, like, all best friends. Like, you do, you follow any of them on Instagram, all they do is, like, talk about hanging out with other girls that they've met through Holdat, which is just, like, the best in the whole world. Um, we have two different groups of girls who live together, one in uh, San Francisco and one in um, Brookline. And we went to our first uh, community member wedding. Um, in oh. yeah, one of our community members got married. And so, like, eight of us were invited to her wedding, which was so special. Um, And then every once in a while, like I'll just meet up with girls and uh, there's two sets of girls here that I can think particularly think of um, in New York who are like best friends now because they met each other through Holdat and they're just like, it's funny because you see them and they just seem like they've been best friends for months on end, but it's like, maybe nine months that they've known each other and they met wow. like coming to hold that. um, And yeah, there's another group of girls that I met uh, the other week and they showed up and we're like talking and I was like, oh, did you guys know each other before Holdet? And
0: they're like, no. <laughs> I was like, what? They're like, yeah, we oh just became God. this to hold that. And you're like, oh my God, that's so crazy. One of my friends actually just started a group too um, when she moved here to the states from Italy. Um, I have to have her on this podcast. She's like, you have to come to an event first. I'm like, oh, fine. <laughs> um, still trying to find the time to come um, to go to an event, but I mean, her community has grown so much, and like her events sell out like, like this, nice because yeah, and like people have made genuine friendships from this group that she, um formed and like it's just growing and growing and it started off with two girls with an idea and it's now like taking off maybe you should do a collaboration <laughs> yeah it sounds like we should be your information
1: yeah um, I, I tell girls all we, we do orientation like before every session and I always say to all the new girls I'm like it does not matter to me how many girls sign up for this group it does not matter like you know how many groups we start all I want out of Holdet is for someone to invite someone that they met through Holdet to be their bridesmaid when they get married one day. I'm like, that's the only metric of success that I care about. And if that (laughs) happens, I will have like, I will have succeeded in running my business. Um, and they all chuckle and I'm like, I'm dead serious. Um, but you know, one day I'm watching
0: you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so how, like, we also talk about, like, wellness on this podcast, too, and, like, since you are a business owner and you're young out of college, like, what are some wellness tips that you would recommend to other listeners out there who are trying to balance their lives and try to find some sort of way to, like, find the power within themselves to ignite their light into the world?
1: Totally. I actually think the, like, questions about wellness and health and everything are so actually top of mind for me right now. Um, I've been, like, one of my, like, goals this year, one of my New Year's resolutions, was to, like, get more in tune with my body and understanding, um, like, what works for me and what doesn't. And um, I first started, like, actually exercising in college. I, like, literally did not do any sports in high school. Middle school, none of that. Um, And I just started going to dance classes. And now I go to a gym that has classes of all kinds. And knowing that, A, I'm, like, paying to go to the gym, but also, like, I can just sign up for a class and I just have to show up and that's as easy as it is. Like, that's what works for me. And I think, like, when it comes to, like, building, like, wellness, like, fitness, like, you know, that kind of routine, like, it's, like, what's actually going to work to get you there? Like, is it knowing that you have to pay if you don't show up? Is it, like having an accountability buddy, like, what is it? And for me, it's like knowing that I'm wasting money if I don't go and like, I set, I like book the class. So I literally have to be there or I like get a penalty. So
0: yeah,
1: I found that really motivating. Um, but something else that I've been thinking a lot about lately is sinking it's like, so now like too much information probably, but is like sinking my eating and exercise and just like general to my like menstrual cycle. Oh my God, um, I you're gonna say this
0: it's like i'm you're not like, the only person i just interviewed someone and we talk about menstrual cycles on there too sorry for any of the guys listening out there because i know men listen to this podcast as well but like keeping it real like learn from us
1: <laughs> Yeah, no, well i i if anyone has a girlfriend um yeah. i have gotten my my friend like so i like about dating him on my journey but i just like the more i like dig into it the more i'm convinced that like everything that we do is just like tied to that um and And I was
0: actually listening to something earlier today where this one female founder was telling this person that like she was never living to her period and like she's noticing more and more women are starting to take charge of their femininity more than ever like we've been through this crazy shift where we were extremely feminine then there was a wave of like female power but we were living out of our masculine and now we're coming back to like being in our feminine like it's okay to not go to the gym or to eat a lot more when you're on your period because you need a rest and you need a fuel because we're losing so much blood <laughs> like yeah and, like listening to your body versus you know like taking a pill to like not have your menstrual cycle because you just don't want it and it's inconvenient or or yeah. like what, what stops your menstrual? Like, uh, IUDs stop it, right? I'm on not nothing, so I don't, uh, yeah. I'm totally off everything, and I feel, like, the best I've ever felt, like, not being on anything.
1: Yeah, I I was on birth control in, like, high school um, and early college, mostly. I had, like, really bad cramps um, and acne and, and was told that it would help, and then at some point, like, during I think during the pandemic I was like I don't know I feel like I want to like know who I am as a person and like how my body responds and so I was like I'm getting off of this so I like stopped taking it and my cramps are definitely better than they were in high school which is like thank god but um I now I'm like now that I'm getting into this like fitness eating like monitoring everything to like balance my hormones I'm like um there's there's so much like to know and uncover and like I want to do what's like good for my body and like regulate my hormones in these ways because like I feel like we've all been convinced that like cramps and acne and like irritability are all just like normally what happens with your period but it's like literally all imbalances and like you don't have to have PMS symptoms like it's just a result of like poor Maintenance of like hormones, which like yeah. it's just we're never taught it. So I literally feel like I know like almost nothing, and I'm already so passionate about it. So <laughs> that's like the your, of my... your
0: next your next meetings are gonna be like we're having. Not only does everyone have to be a bridesmaid, but we have to talk about our periods too. <laughs>
1: Yeah well some of the discussions that we've had about health have just been like so fruitful and like seeing people kind of talk about things that are top of mind for them like a lot more people are thinking about this than like are maybe coming out and like talking about it.
0: Yeah so how would you encourage people to actually become vulnerable and talk about maybe something health related because I know it can be scary at times and you might feel alone and like that was something that was so scary for me too. Sarah I don't even know if you know like my whole entire background but like when I had I don't do you know do you even know anything about like why I started this podcast why I wrote my book I don't know but um when I was 19 I had a cancer diagnosis it was so difficult for me to talk about it become vulnerable but it like I had to talk about it and look like five years later almost six now actually like I started chemo when I was 20 it's gonna be my five-year cancer anniversary January 4th or January 3rd oh my god now I'm forgetting I think it's January 3rd not talking about it was causing me more pain now that I'm able to talk about it not like crying (laughs) emotional too which is quite helpful I'm helping other people and I'm finding communities and I feel like the vulnerability truly is allowing not only me to like flourish but for other people to flourish too because they can be vulnerable back. So going yeah. back to the initial question, how would you suggest people find their vulnerability? Yeah. So the way that
1: we've really like curated our conversations in Hold Ed is that they always start by reading our community values and the first community value value is um vulnerability is expected, trust is earned. Um and the description with that one is kind of like when everyone in the group sh- shows up vulnerability vulnerably and is willing to be truthful and honest about their own experiences, Um, trust is built between members. And so I think when you lay that out as like an expectation, people are more willing to come to the plate and like offer that up themselves. And we also like encourage our hosts to be modeling the same behavior. So that definitely helps. I think like if you're looking to build more vulnerable and honest relationships, a lot of that comes like from what I just said, is really just like modeling that behavior yourself. Like, are you someone who's like willing to sh- talk about those things? Are you willing to share about them? Okay, if not, then why are you expecting that from other people, you know? So if if you're not like willing to share, then people aren't going to open up to you. But I think right. that the more that you're willing to open up and hear, like share your own experiences, you're going to like get to a stronger relationship with somebody so much faster.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's crazy because like, Sometimes I feel people's energy and I know when to actually become vulnerable. And when I'm vulnerable, these people, like right off the bat, I feel like I'm friends with them immediately. And it nurtures a friendship from this primal state of like, hey, basically just met you, just connected with you, but I've actually known you for 10 years. (laughs) Do you find that that comes easier to you now because you've started your community?
1: Mm-hmm. That's a good question. I feel like I've always been an overshare. Um, I'm not sure like what, what, like why. But I think it's because my mom is probably an overshare to get like a little psychological about it. Like my mom is a big talker, but she also like wears her heart on her sleeve yeah. and like cries at like the drop of a pen. So um, <laughs> she's like so emotional all the time in like uh in in a way that you know models emotional vulnerability but it you know it's like also can be a lot love you mom and um i think like for the part of part of that that i took for myself or like chose to like replicate was like also being willing to wear my heart on my sleeve, also being willing to show up authentically. And so I feel like I've always kind of been that way. And which is probably why I was then able to bake it into the values of debt. Like for me, vulnerability is really important. And when you set the expectation that vulnerability is expected, um, and then trust is earned, then you're saying like, this is how we expect you to show up. And, and this is what it means to be part of this community. And so I think the values are more of a representation of me rather than I'm now a representation of the values. Mm
0: -hmm. How do you manage to deal with anyone who's breaking the rules of hold up and not abiding to your mission statement?
1: Yeah um the only two rules that probably tend to get broken are be present so we ask that people put their phones on do not disturb and every once in a while someone will need to pull out their phone and just kind of assume that it's an emergency or something, because um, they know what the value is. Um, and so there must be some reason that they need to be on their phone and that I trust them. Um, and the other is step in, step out, which is like, be aware of how much you're speaking and and speak up more if you're not speaking a lot, um, or uh, take a back seat if you're, if you're dominating the conversation. Um, and we've had to like, you know, in some instances, we've had to encourage more people to talk. In some situations, we've had to ask people to maybe create more space for other people um and those are things that you kind of try to handle in the moment um but sometimes you just follow up after as well and you're like hey like how do we invite more people into this conversation like thank you so much for your engagement um would love to like you know invite other people to model the same like can you model the same behavior that we're looking for for other people which is like you know conscious engagement uh, in the conversation, and then if people aren't speaking up, you know, I'll just like wait a little longer before moving on to the next question. I'll be like, uh, does anyone else want to share? Yeah, blink, blink. Um, and that kind of gets people talking sometimes too. So, yeah, nice.
0: What's your morning routine? <laughs> um.
1: <laughs> I'm throwing so,
0: horrible questions at you.
1: <laughs> no, no, I love it. I can, I can answer all of them. So I like to work out in the morning, um, but I need at least an hour to do my like normal morning routine things before I can go to the gym. And oh my
0: gosh, so you wake up yeah. like at four a.m.
1: No, well, so like this morning I went to a seven a.m. cycling class, so I woke up at six. Oh,
0: okay.
1: Yeah, so I wake up at six. <clears throat> and I do my little quiet time um I read the Bible every morning, I do a little journaling moment um I just started a new advent study, which is so beautiful and wonderful and so I do that and then i this morning was like a little bit tighter, but like in if I have a little bit more time, let's say I have like an hour and a half before I go to the gym, I'll do that for probably like 30 to 40 minutes. And then I will brush my teeth, wash my face, get dressed, <laughs> um, pack my bag. And then I have to leave for the gym 22 minutes before I want to be there because that's the exact amount of time that I need to get to the gym on time. Oh, wow. um, so recently I've been electric city biking there, but I can also walk. It's a 17-minute walk. So Oh,
0: wow. You, gotta- you, you really know. You got to like boot it back. back. Yeah. Timing. So, yeah, how does faith play into your day to day? I love how you brought that up. Yeah. Um, I
1: think that, well, there's like very clear ways, like in rhythms that it's like part of my life. So, you know, I go to church on Sunday, I serve, um, at least once a month. And so that's, you know, an eight hour, six hour day on a Sunday where I'm like showing up at 45 and leaving at 2.30 to like help put church on. Um, and then I also help run a dinner party, which is what my church calls like small groups on Wednesdays. And so we like have people over, um, at my friend
0: Wait, huh? is that what Sarah, like, do you know Sarah Humphrey?
1: Um, I do she not.
0: Friend, she met through, they met through church.
1: Oh, Humphrey,
0: maybe. I think she's, like, been to something like this. Is it in Midtown?
1: There's, like, 80 of them.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay. Mm-hmm. You're gonna have to give us the link, too. Okay,
1: okay. I'll give the link to that, so that as well.
0: I, uh, yeah. uh, I feel like I know people who are Catholic, Christian, who are trying to look for, like, community.
1: Yeah, absolutely. No, it's so great. I hope we're on the one in Kips Bay because I used to live there. Um, but it's so, so great. So we host that on Wednesdays. But I think like on a daily basis outside of my quiet time, like it, it my faith plays a role in like the ways that I choose to show up in different spaces. Yeah. Um, and the like, you know, kindness that I choose to like actively try to extend to other people or the gratitude that I feel in various moments for things or just like my general... Feel so Christian used to say, in mean, general heart posture um throughout the day <laughs> um and it's also so great to have like other Christian friends who you know when someone's going through something hard you can be like oh I'll pray for you or yeah. they'll well you know here's
0: the Bible
1: verse and, yeah exactly that kind yeah. of thing and just being able to like have people who kind of like get it
0: yeah.
1: um is really great so yeah, I feel like day to day and then, you know, always always trying to find opportunities to, to share more about, like, the role that faith plays in my life um, when it comes up in conversation.
0: I love that. I have my Jesus Calling book. I mean, I was really, really religious reading it every single morning. I haven't really been so great with it, but I do have my Bible app that gives me a little nudge, a little verse yeah. of the day. I'm like oh, okay hey Jesus <laughs> but you- I feel like I don't know for me just like waking up seeing the sun every single morning I'm just like thank you God for this day and I see you I see you mm-hmm. I feel you I know you're there like thank you for being present
1: <laughs> yeah um,
0: I've been so bad with church though lately oh my gosh I mean the past two weekends I've been to mass which nice. has been great but other than that, I feel like ever since COVID, it totally messed up my jam, and I just don't go. <laughs> well, um, you
1: can come through some time, because uh, Haley, who introduced us at the picnic, uh, and yeah, I I I have to come
0: to, come to church, you girls.
1: You gotta, you gotta, and then you also should check out. This is the advent book that I'm doing. It's through oh. She Reads Truth. I know the podcast people can't see the video, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's called She Reads Truth, and the the book itself is just like gorgeous. Oh, cute! Um, it's like pretty
0: and has like all these oh, verses. Wow. And, and you read me... this every single year?
1: Um, no, no. I just got it. Oh. I have. They send me a new one every month. Although I need to keep I need to. I, yeah. There's a lot. This one was like prayers in scripture. So it's Advent. That's
0: yeah. so cute. Yeah. Wow. So. Oh my gosh. So they're like little devotionals every single day, and like journal. Oh wow. It's really easy. Yeah. Um. Any last words for the listeners?
1: I would say you don't know how life's going to go. So you just got to roll with the punches. And um, I think it's nice to wake up each day expectant about what new direction life's going to take you. Um, I think the days where like things have been most pivotal for me in my life, I didn't wake up expecting those things to happen. But, um, you know, life's coming at you fast. So... Take out your mid and catch it, you know? Yeah. Um, I love that. You don't know. You don't know. So
0: and be where expected. people find you and connect with you.
1: You can follow me on Instagram, uh it's just at Sarah Grisdorf or on LinkedIn with the same name or on Twitter with the same name as well. Um, and you can check out Holdette at com. That's H O L D E T T E dot com.
0: I see your sweatshirt.
1: Yes, says Big Holdette Energy.
0: Can people buy that?
1: Um, no, it was a limited release. But um, we'll sorry, about guys. But
0: if you want another limited release, then you can get a sweatshirt from Sarah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining in. Thank you, Sarah, for being here. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye. Okay. Bye.